your skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. So I'm scary, bro. Yeah. So I'm here with Steve Harrington. <laughs> so I I figured intro conversation just loosely to start with. We just we just saw Get Out, which is a new horror film. I mean, so I guess we can talk about it for a second. You liked Get Out. I liked Get Out. It was cute. Yeah. What did you think? All right. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, I, can't, I can't have that. <laughs> oh, that's racism. <sighs> I'm regretting this. Oh, so you guys done eating yet? No, just the crinkles. Uh, yeah, it's ice cream, and it's like 20 degrees outside. <laughs> this is uh, this is lots of pasta. We're doing another triple sesh today, and uh, here with uh, that's a heavy sigh. From Harold Heavy Hands, aka Rocky Rocky. I mean, you're you've just become something else. You've evolved, like <laughs> Stephen Amell. Something else. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and and the other other person I'm here with, Terry the Tickler. But I mean, Stew. <laughs> from Rugrats. What are you do? What are you? What are you doing up in four in the morning? I've lost control of my life. Yeah, <laughs> haven't we all? Um, yeah. Oh, so no, it's making pudding for Angelica. No, I know, but it's. And then I've lost control of my life. Yeah. Making, making, put, making pudding for Angelica. Why are you making pudding for Angelica at three o'clock in the morning? Because I've lost control of my life. So this is lots of pasta. Uh, What's this is the, the issue with airplane eats? <laughs> uh, I mean, you can say that. It's a parody of it. This podcast <laughs> isn't about creepy pastas anymore. Uh, yeah, no, this is, this is uh, this is lots of pasta. <laughs> this is lots of pasta. And this Let's is cool pot- it with the anti-Semitic remark. <laughs> this is <laughs> we read creepy pastas. <laughs> so we saw a movie today. God fuck. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I thought we were gonna like restart it. That's why. Harold Heavy Hands. What was the movie about? It was about. No, don't ask him. The movie was good. We'll get back to that point. Get Out was good. Get Out was good. Get Out is definitely up there as like a, a sleeper hit horror of 2017. I huge, think it's. I think it's gonna have that value. When huge, it's done. huge long build up to just a crazy ending that doesn't. Yeah, it's stop a, until it's a so slow long. burner. I would like to think that a lot of the guesses we were making as the movie went on were proven false, so, so the twists were worth it. Um, we did I think notice we, had some we noticed guesses, but the guesses turned yeah. more. Yeah, no, they just kept changing, and that's and that's good. That shows good movie making, and specifically in today's like the thing with society and like movie culture now is that we're not surprised as an audience. That's why M Night was so good. 20 years ago. That's why we're unsurprised by horror films sucking lately. You know, it seems like whenever anyone... Whoa, 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 whenever whoa, whoa, anyone whoa. changes the game, it's only because they've what done something new. What do you mean horror new. movies sucking lately? Rings, dude. Because <laughs> it did so well. It's out? Yeah. Oh, and, it's, and, it's, and it has gotten terrible reviews. Oh, shit. The ring is, no, has come no, and gone. But the, but the thing is, is like before IMDb closed their boards... I'm not sure if you guys knew about that. 
one of the last things I remember looking at was like reasons why people thought like <clears throat> rings sucked. And it was just like this movie sucked. this movie was supposed to be something else and they just made it the next insidious paranormal activity garbage. And that is the worst serialized continuation of a series ever. Yeah, we, I'm kind of surprised there's not a because I also I remember I brought up I saw I saw Cure for Wellness this week and I was just like Gore Verbinski made the first Ring American and that's why Cure for Wellness was so good but like the Rings equals like they've just constantly gone downhill. Got him. Technically, I should have doubt a well, right? Hit him again. Hey, it's your boy here, Stu. Rugrats, just to point just that stop out. Stop saying that. <laughs> it's Nickelodeon's just gonna be like your fi- shut down. <laughs> it's your boy Drew Carey. Just Might even be worse saying that. I think you've started both of your other episodes off with a, <sighs> at least a short movie pitch. It's time for Harold's heavy pitch. <laughs> tagging it, tagging it. I'll get some baseball music. Oh, uh, could it be one. like Harold's heavy hitters? Wait, it's supposed to be charge, <laughs> but you just kind of went. <laughs> so I mean, it's good. <laughs> but you're the one that said, said dicks. <laughs> I know because I don't know sports. Okay, I guess. All right, that makes some sense. So, are you ready to help me out with this? Yeah, let's. Okay, so it's set around this garbage man cast as... I don't know, dude. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yo, I'd watch that movie. Jeff Goldblum. He's driving... <laughs> He's driving the garbage truck. Hey, dinosaurs on. Dinosaur ride. <laughs> um, but he's got a runner, you know, the guy that gets off the truck and tosses the garbage in the truck. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Crushes it up. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Levitt. Levitt's doing that. Sounds okay. like a cool... Like garbage trucks right now. Alright, so it's, you know, it's a sunny day. Birds are chirping. Yeah. Uh-huh. Levitt gets hit by a fucking truck. Whoa. A garbage truck? No, dude. Well, let him continue. Just let me go. Yeah, please. Continue. Alright, so Levitt's dead. Wow. He got hit by a truck. He got... Now, do we need to know who's driving the truck? No. Okay. Just make sure. Not right now. Goldblum shows up to work the next day. Levitt's there. He's he's not there. Goldblum's like, yeah, all right. Okay. How are you back? <laughs> like, where's this going, back? then? How are you back from the day? No, he doesn't really care. They just go off. They go, they go to work. Oh, it's <clears> glad, <throat> I'm glad to have you back. Garbage. In the truck. Levitt. Off the truck. Levitt. Put garbage in truck. Levitt gets hit by another truck. Again? Again. Is this like a deja vu thing? Deja vu! <laughs> <laughs> You've never heard that song? It's like a DDR song. Deja vu. Never been in this place before. Hi, Elizabeth! Levitt's dead again. Um, again? Okay, he's dead. Yeah. Like, for real? But yeah, at this time, yeah. Yeah, he's dead for okay. good now. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so they get a new a new runner. Probably Danny McBride. Maybe. Danny McBride is is running. He's a dirty motherfucker. Goldblum. He finds out that uh, Gordon Levitt's wife and family aren't doing so well anymore. Okay. His wife, yeah. Elizabeth Banks, is uh, his boy child. Lucas from uh, Stranger Things. 
Okay, that's fine. <laughs> the little black kid. Yeah, with <laughs> white parents, so specifically his, white parents. So his mom was, yeah, was Jesus the same. Jesus Christ. Just dead now. So Goldblum <laughs> falls oh. in love with the wife. Okay. Marries the wife. Wow, that was quick. I feel like I've seen this before in a Lifetime movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but please continue. I'm just saying, that's totally a Lifetime movie plot. Alright, but does your Lifetime movie plot see this coming? Hold the fucking phone here. Yeah. It's on that of seat. How about that? No, yeah. it's not. Um, no, I just adjusted my seat. <laughs> no, you are. Here's another kid. Wait, wait, what? Or he's that they there. hide away. That they hide away? Like because he's like reptilian. From the subterranean? He's in the basement. Taylor Lautner's in Taylor the basement. Taylor Lautner is the Holy reptilian shit. kid. Jeff Goldblum gets a great job as a news reporter. Yeah, I it think becomes a news tie, I think you need to tie the plot up now with some kind of finale effort. He meets God, and God's like, you can't handle my job. So, what? gives him... <laughs> his powers his being powers. a straight white male. Which is everything except free will. So he cures the one kid by making him reptilian. The other boy, that's fine. <laughs> so he just backs <laughs> him up? But that, yeah, why wouldn't he just turn him normal? <laughs> no, because the kid's got a bond with, over something. <laughs> now they're both... That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> if if he can cure the reptile kid, then cure the reptile kid. Oh my god. I don't he's, like where this is He's headed. taking an out-of-the-box uh, approach. And it that works. That- and that's the end. And it works, and he becomes a great news reporter, like and then at the end, he's like, in front of a mountain, he's like, that's how the cookie crumbles. That's how the cookie crumbles. Ha ha ha. Dinosaurs. <laughs> that's no, it. No, that's it. That's... And, and honest, and frankly, we need to move forward from this point. <laughs> Let me recap it in like two minutes now. We're at 20 minutes. We're going to recap to a two-minute <laughs> recap. Right, 20 fucking minutes. Like two... last time, we need to continue. We're going to do a two-minute recap. We can't recap. go back. Two-minute recap. <laughs> so, Jeff Goldblum works as a uh, dump truck driver. He has uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as the guy on the back. He's jumping. Uh... He jumps off, gets some trash, gets hit by a truck. You think he's dead. Next day at work, he's there. And he's like, oh, I, I wasn't dead, dude. It kind of like, I'm it's assuming... It's like a deja vu. It's deja vu. I've been hit this bitch before. I don't know. Had to come back. So, like, I'm assuming, too, like, it's kind of like a Bugs Bunny sense or, like, a cartoon sense. Joseph Gordon-Levitt stuck to the front of the grill, like, but he's oh, dead. no, all not same. again. Like, so the second day comes in Jeff Goldblum pulls up to get some trash Joseph Jordan Gordon-Levitt jumps off And gets hit by another truck This time is dead Yeah. So he meets Elizabeth Banks Jordan Gordon-Levitt's ex-wife, yeah. widow And his son Lucas From uh, Stranger, Stranger Things, Things Which we don't know the actor's <laughs> name He's just a small and black child Taylor Lautner, reptilian child He discovers him down the road the though, I'm assuming Because like Paul Rubens becomes his new Uh Dumper person on the back of yeah, the dump truck. Dump, dumper. He finds Lizard Boy. Forward and then, this. no, yeah, I'm moving forward by finishing it. Meets Lizard Boy. Some shit goes down. He becomes a news reporter and then meets God. Don't know how. Cast as Dick Van Dyke. And then he's just like, you can't handle it, dude. But I'll let you do it. And free will or some shit. Comes back down and turns the normal boy into a Lizard Boy. So him and his lizard boy brother could bond. 
And that ends the film. You know what that sounded better than? Like, all of American Horror Story. <laughs> Moving forward. Moving, Moving forward. forward. So we saw a movie today. <laughs> I fucking hate you. He can cut out a lot of this, though. I mean... We should, pro- we should probably start reading it. some fucking stories, right? Maybe. Well, I got Joberdick for you. Me? Yeah. You want to read Joberdick? I'm glad you said it first, because I have no idea how to Yeah, no, that. um, last podcast does this one, I think. Joberdick by Toast. In Joberdick. I feel like that's how it should be said. Then say Joberdick. It. Say it however the fuck you want to say it, then. In Joberdick, a small fisherman's village in the country of Bulgaria. On the dawn of January, the first everyone closes their curtains and holds their breath for a half minute. Hours after the craze of midnight celebrations, children look questioning at their worried parents, but cannot help to shiver in the embrace of their shaking parents. It's not the best written. Yeah, no. One can hear the sound of bells being struck exactly 25 times last year in this short time span. The nearest church, however, is over 32 miles away. You will find no one out on the streets in these faithful 30 seconds, and even the birds will stop whistling. Some have gone out of their homes, roaring boldly in disbelief of this century-old tradition. On the first sunset of this year, two people gambled their fate in the very first rays of sunlight. The next dawn, the bells will be struck on December. That's gonna sound really good. <laughs> I liked that story. I thought it's kind of it's kind of weird and nuts, you know, that this town in Bulgaria just has this like thirty second trip. That's so great. is it like monsters? Is it ghosts? Is it some kind of weird, you know, like old school cult kind of thing? Who knows? That's what I like about this story. Yeah. Joe Burdick. Yo, Burdick. <laughs> Yo, you, you said it better, I guess. Gangbanger. Doppelganger. Gangbang. You know, it's actually pronounced doppelganger. You know you're full of shit. The bell. <laughs> it will gong 27 times. The gonger. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all honesty... You used to depend on gonger. <laughs> the German pronunciation is doppelganger. I'm sure... <laughs> I'm losing it. I'm losing it. Anyways. It's okay. You have all right. That's all that matters. Dip. This story is called Doppelganger Toast. Legend has it that if you come face to face with your doppelganger, it's an omen or warning of death for both you and your twin. Because of this, if you see a replica of yourself, run for your life. Run for your life. If you keep seeing your doppelganger, chances are that your days are numbered because you'll soon see your demise. There are many stories regarding encounters with doppelgangers, none of them pleasant. Often a person does not actually see their own doppelganger, but someone else does. Can you be two places at once? No. But it's a very strange feeling when someone who knows you very well insists that they saw you just 30 minutes ago. I've had stuff like that. And you are nowhere in the vicinity. Imagine this happening time and time again and you'll soon go insane. Hence, the myth that a doppelganger will precede the arrival of the real person. Many stories explaining their experiences with these apparitions have this in common. Perhaps he's one step ahead of you. Man, you know what that sounds like? Sounds like deja vu. Deja vu. <laughs> you're really good. I don't know what you're talking about. What do you think of that story? 
right. I like that. Yeah, I like the kind of I like the kind of realness of the um of the story so far. A lot of toast. Yeah, I think we're gonna continue with toast. They're they're good. This one is a silent warning. Also from Toast. What's Toast stand for again? The other side. Hello from the other the side. side. <laughs> Forests are never silent. That's the first thing you learn. Forest whenever you are never silent. But I was in Star Wars. Forests are never silent. That's the first thing you learn whenever you go out camping or hiking or anything else where you might have to pass through or live in a forest. Forests aren't silent for good reason. They teem with life, birds, insects, small animals, and that's just the life that makes noises. Trees, grass, bacteria, this, of course, is no secret. I hear bacteria. One forest somewhere just northeast of Manchester, England, is totally silent. People drive past it millions of times per year, but from their car they can't notice the lack of sound. Every now and then, someone will look at the forest and they just sit in traffic, convinced that they saw something, but nobody has ever actually seen it. When the Romans settled and established Manchester, the forest was still there. Sentries and soldiers would sometimes skip their duties to go to the forest and simply never be seen again. Is this Manchester by the sea? Sometimes raped women would flee from the town into the forest, screaming in terror, only for the soldiers to come to halt at its edges and hear her screams stop abruptly as if she suddenly lost her voice. Rumors of the forest in Manchester were so rife that at one point Rome sent priests and elite soldiers into the forest to exorcise it. Blood-stained armor, robes, and a single perfect human eye was found outside Manchester the next morning, somehow having been placed despite the sentries and the night guard, and placed soundlessly at that. Rumor also has it that it likes to move sometimes. The road nearby gives it ample options for doing so, which is probably why nobody has ever heard of it. It was probably called a myth. Scout party sent in while it was away and coming out with nothing, and it was forgotten. But it always returns to its home sooner or later in Manchester. Ultimately, one thing you must always remember, intrepid traveler, strong-legged hiker, or capable climber, if you ever find yourself in a forest and it becomes totally silent, do not under any circumstances move. The Column of North America by toast. In 1653, Spanish explorers found the ruins of what appeared to be a Mesoamerican steppe pyramid in what is modern South Carolina. Though the site was far beyond the borders of any known American indigenous populations, it was also of a smaller size than existing Mesoamerican structures and bore an unrecognized form of glyphic decoration. Local natives were unfamiliar with the structure but knew nothing about it. The Spaniards sought to disassemble the building as a heathen relic and did so brick by brick, salvaging the materials to construct their own nearby settlement. Deconstruction halted, however, when one brick was uncovered at the core of the structure, carved entirely out of black glass. The stone, approximately two feet by three, was impossible to move or even budge by any man or animal. Attempts were made to dig the stone out from beneath but excavation revealed that it extended indefinitely into the earth. In frustration, the captain of the explorers fired a glancing blow off, and off of the surface of the stone. The obsidian block was undamaged, 
but moments after the blow had struck, it silently retracted downwards, sliding downward in a hole that quickly collapsed inward on itself, burying the retreating obsidian column. The Spaniards interpreted this as an evil omen and abandoned the site. You read that very well. I'm proud of you. I guess so. Um, that also kind of sounds nuts, because there's already, you know, like, Stonehenge and, like, Easter Island and, like, the monolith, essentially. You know, that's kind of, like, already legend in the world. So that's kind of weird, you know? Yeah. Some kind of omniscient alien stone. Yeah. I don't really care for Tinder too much. When using it, it's funny when you look at certain people's profiles... Because they'll have, like, a name of a website on them. And this girl's got a FWB World or Friends with Benefits World. Yeah. It's hilarious because they always have a really good, like, saying inside. And it says, at Friends with Benefit World, ass-eating is always on the menu. Oh, great. Side me up. It's a joke. Because there, when I used to use Tinder, and every swipe right, I'd be like... (laughs) (laughs) Just one day he just sat there, and he's just like, oh, she's not too bad. I was like, that's a good one. No, I remember that. <laughs> I, I think I, I might have been there, or you might have told me about it. That was yeah, a long time ago. It was ago. just me and him, though. <laughs> but you feel like you're there. That sounds like... Deja, Deja vu. Deja vu! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna have to be the title of this episode. <laughs> Deja vu. Uh, you wanna read this, baby boy? It's my turn to read next, so I guess I do. Oh, is it? Remember, I'm the host. I decide who reads. Bitch. I don't give two shits. The back seat by toast. One night. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he just started taking. Yeah, it. I know. That's pretty son good. Of a bitch. The back seat by toast. I like how he's keeping my kicking in the front good. seat, chilling chillin in the back get the seat. Fuck, get the fuck over here. One night, a woman went out for a drink for drinks with her friends, girlfriends. Girl's trick. <laughs> she left the bar fairly late at night, got in her car, and onto the deserted highway. After a few minutes, she noticed a lone pair of headlights in a rearview mirror, approaching at a pace just slightly quicker than hers. After a few minutes, she noticed a lone pair of headlights in a rearview mirror, approaching at a pace just slightly quicker than hers. As the car pulled up behind her, she glanced and saw the turn signal on. The car was going to pass, when suddenly, it swerved back behind her pulled up dangerously close to her tailgate, and brights flashed. Now she was getting nervous. The lights dimmed for a moment. And then the brights came back on, and the car behind her surged forward. You know the twist. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. The frightened woman struggled to keep her eyes on the road and fought the urge to look at the car behind her. Finally, her exit approached, but the car continued to follow, flashing the brights periodically. Dude, I love this story. Though every stoplight and turn, it followed her until she pulled into her driveway. She figured her only hope was to make a mad dash in the house and call the police. As she flew from the car, so did the driver of the car behind her. And he screamed, locked the door and called the police, called 911. When the police arrived, the horrible truth was finally revealed to the woman. The man in the car had been trying to save her. As he pulled up behind her and his headlights illuminated her car, he saw the silhouette of a man with a butcher knife rising up from the back seat to stab her. So he flashed his brights and a figure crouched back down. Alright, so this one this one caught my eye. It's kind of like a rhyme or some kind of sing-songy kind of thing. It's called Within the Fog. By Toast. By Toast. She walks the streets on a foggy night with a hood on her head to hide from sight. 
Her story starts one summer's eve beside the lake, an evil deed. A thief stole her daughter's life and filled her soul with pain and strife. On a moonlit night along the shore, two young lovers walked and more. In each other's arms that night, they talked of love and held on tight. In the morning, they were found, their hands and feet. With rope were bound, eyes wide open, a vacant stare. Their souls are gone and no one's there. The police did search for the one, an evil deed to be undone. In vain they searched to no avail, their efforts weak, lost, and pale. A mother's heart, broken and splayed, a debt to justice went unpaid. She walked the streets at night alone to make the sinners pay and atone. She searched the shores by day and night, a vain attempt to make things right, and then one early morning dawn, she was found, her spirit gone. On a foggy night's times untold, she walked the streets dark and bold. She only walks the streets at night within the fog to hide her flight. All clad in black, she walks alone, an evil soul shall make atone. She walks among the starless night, sometimes seen beneath the bright street light. All children know to be aware, lest they see her standing there. They hurry home at the approach of night, sure they would die at her sight. So in the night, if you should see a woman in black, listen to me. Look not at her face, I say, or with your soul you shall pay. Kind of reminds me of like a Victorian, like one, two, Freddy's coming for you. What was that? Because woman in black was very much like a like a mythic kind of thing in, in London. That's like why the what movie was that is terrible, based... terrible movie with uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Wasn't that called? That's Woman in Black. Woman in Black. It's like an omen. It's that like an omen. It just sounded like that, uh, that like, website that with the like Japanese comic on it. Shit, yeah. I mean, not not quite as... um. That one's a little bit more poetic. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Come on, dude. Have you read it? <laughs> just read the first line. I did. You want to read this? Or just <laughs> I don't know if I'll do save it. save it for him? I don't know if I'll do it justice. All right, I'll save it for him then. Because he'll, he'll probably nail it he'll up nail the park. It. It. <laughs> we found a perfect no Joel Basta for it. Um, I'm just imagining it now. You now have a lot of expectation to live up to when you read that. can't wait. You have to just type it up. Yeah. And this one is making fun of a lot of like uh, found computer files and shit. This one's uh, .exe. It's basically saying one of those lost extension. It's making fun of that shit. Take it away. This one's called One Day I Went to a Yard Sale. <laughs> no, it's called .exe. No. Then why is that bold? That's just the name. This one's called .exe. One day I went to a yard sale in the middle of fucking nowhere. I wanted to buy a laptop, so I had no fucking clue what I was doing at the yard sale. I went and talked to an old lady behind the yard sale and told her, Well, suppose you have any computers for sale, derp. And she replied, Actually, yes, I do. And you can have some free catfish. <laughs> it's about here when I started to get chills down my spine. So I turned around and looked at my back and said, You're not supposed to get chilies yet. Is that chilies or chills? 
<laughs> it's chills. Okay. <laughs> I like chilies, though. <laughs> okay. Just keep that. It's later in the fucking story. So after that, my chills went away. Anyway, back to the story. So the lady gave a very new looking computer, which I was surprised to see this was a yard sale. So I took the laptop off the lady and she gave me a blue mouse, which I had no brand. This made me shit bricks. After I got home somehow, I rushed up to my room to get this fucking thing up. What you are about to hear next is going to be extremely disturbing and not for the faint of heart. As soon as I turned on that power button, first thing I saw made me instantly regret and ever getting that laptop from the lady. The computer was beginning to set itself up and oh shit! I should have said what I saw, my mistake. What I saw was that this laptop had fucking Windows 8. Windows 8! You know how shit that thing is? I couldn't take it anymore. I thought I needed some sleep, so I went to bed. After a shitty night of nightmares, I finally found the laptop I had set itself up, which was strange. I never filled out any information or anything. So I went to the laptop and found out that my account name was 666. I instantly had a ooh face on when this happened. <laughs> That's like the only way I can describe it. Yeah, I mean, it's the uh, mm. dash underscore dash. <laughs> I like the noise though. Something caught my eye, however. In the top right hand corner, it said, Die.exe has finished downloading. I never downloaded anything, I thought. So after an hour of trying to get load this up, I managed to get it to load. And as soon as it loaded, my laptop went to shit. Pictures of dead babies came up, as as well as rape victims, mutilated bodies, dead animals, and even a picture of that Jeff guy. My name is Jeff. My computer went red, and black text appeared on the screen, standing behind you. Cat face. So I did, and there was a little girl with no eyes, and she was bleeding realistic blood. Oh wait, this is real life. So, after that, she walked toward me and killed me. And that's the end of the IEXE. Wait, how am I able to write this if I'm dead? Oh, shit. <laughs> that's great. You, you, you need, oh, God. I'm you so need, ready for this. You need to I'm read ready. this. You need to read this, and you need to read this well, sir. You <laughs> got a lot right on this. It's going to be a treat for us all. <laughs> Alright. So good. <laughs> I have to put the mic like back there though. <laughs> you can't laugh. You can't laugh. It ruins the joke. You need to do this as straight face as possible. It's gonna be the first line and he's gonna crack up. He needs to take a step. Is that an e-cig? Whoa, you're cool. Yeah, dude, I smoke Marlboro. Cigarettes. You even vape, you idiot. <laughs> this is Hotline Miami 3. The right number. Toilet paper 2. Alright, listen up, dickweeds. 
Because I'm about to tell you a story about the scariest load of shit that ever. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you couldn't get through the first uh, From the top. Oh, From the top. Oh, damn. Every time you laugh, you just gotta start over. Oh, that's a lot, dude. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna give it a quick read. I'm gonna a quick read. Just over. get through the paragraphs, and you only have to start at the paragraph. All right, listen up, dickweeds, because I'm about to tell you a story about the scariest load of shit that ever penetrated my brain's bubble twice at once. So I was at home watching some pretty shitty hentai about Dorito Chan getting super banged by Mountain Dew gun in the mouth teeth. Suddenly. I got an email from my only friend who was a disgusting furry sonic shit. And also, he was gay. So nobody likes him. Not even me. Hey, motherfucker. I was walking around stalking the neighborhood cat when I found this dick skin. But only after getting my ass ripped apart by a sex offender Shrek in the bite of 1969. Don't play it. You'll come yourself in a coma or some shit. Even now, I'm drowning my own dude fluid. Don't fucking do it, Anon. Dude fluid. I never thought about that. (laughs) That's fucking great. (laughs) Obviously, I didn't want to listen to this retarded cuck lord. I bet he he looked like Patrick with a fucking shitty comb over my now. So I put in the floppy disk into my wrecked pussy compuncture. Oh yeah, this is happening. When the game booted up, I saw a file called I Can't Believe You Done This, Daddy Exit. Which was so scary. I was... Forced into rehabilitation for several eons before I was finally able to play the game. When I did, it showed me a hyper-realistic image of a chicken mask with the title Hotline Miami 3, the right number. The chicken mask looked so real, it was like you could touch the feathers, and when I reached over, I could feel the feathery sweetness, and I came. When I finally started the game, I was launched directly into a level labeled the Pussy House, which was so deep and majestic, it rivaled that of Evangeligen. E- here, let me read it the way it's actually fucking. No, I'm reading the oh, way it's spelled. E vag eggy ligon. The level consisted of a door that led to a room, hardwood floor, and white walls. There's a man who had a gun. He shot me, and I was killed. As copious amounts of love juice poured out of every orifice in my body. Artery start was placed with R to reap the butt. I wanted to reap the butt. I needed to reap the butt. I pressed R and it cut to an image of a biker violently fucking a werewolf before giving it a hand job that could rival some 20 buck sloot from the street. Oh yeah. But right as I took off my pants and was ready to sanctum the beauty my eyes had beheld, the screen flashed to Richard on one of those turny beds. Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Where the words that escaped his central bird mouth before fucking Sam and Dean burst through the wall and shot him with a Shrek Zuka. Like Shrek Zuka is copyright Steven Galaxy 20XX. Making him explode into tiny Supermans. Needless to say, I puked all over the floor and got on my super hard 50 foot galaxy erection that managed to pierce the roof and the heavens. I instantly ejected the disc and snapped it in half, having shards fly all over the place in a fucking shrapnel anal anarchy. Multiple pieces landing in my eyes, making me the blindest motherfucker since Lily Satow, but twice as blind. After that day, I swore never to play video games or touch myself ever again. I even had my arms amputated. Eventually, the pain went away, except for the butt pain, but 
that's a story for another monster of the week. I was at peace and love and shit. But then I was launched into space and killed by giant space dock the heat drone. Cthulhu. End. That was Hotline Miami 3, the right number. You took that where it needed to go. Yeah, I didn't have it in me. He really didn't. And I don't feel like I would have done nearly as good a job. <laughs> my life... My life is a shame. This is why we were put on this earth. To read that. I live in a hollow shame. That's your life. Sorry. Stu from Rugrats. <clears throat> you get the sad Hulk song. So I'm gonna. This is gonna be the last story. It's not like troll pasta. It's called monkey cloning. Oh god. No 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 no. Here, let me pitch this to you. You may have heard the old theory about an infinite number of monkeys with an infinite number of typewriters could type the complete works of Shakespeare. I've never heard that before in my no, entire I've fucking life. Well, here's the part you probably haven't heard. Someone actually tried to do this. Danish scientist Lars Hansen took this theory very seriously, as luck would have it. His job was monkey cloner at the University of Copenhagen. He had spent the last few days just cloning monkeys nonstop, knowing that monkey infinity would soon be arriving. This one, it's the one. He yelled excitedly to Stop his assistant, Brown. Noah. We have to go to the future. <laughs> oh my god, said Noah, his beautiful eyes widening. Three it was, in front of them, monkey number infinity. <laughs> then the monkeys became self-aware and realized there were more than them than the humans. They decided that they would each kill one human, traveling around the globe led by Monkey Infinity. Monkey Infinity gestured towards Monkey number 289994 and 9011. Kill Monkey Infinity said. And then Lars, human number 289994, and Noah, human 9011, were both dead. Monkey Infinity laughed with his satisfaction, knowing that he would never have to kill anyone himself as there was no human infinity. So just remember, there's a monkey out there with your number on it. <laughs> that ending really came back around. Yeah, it was, a pretty it was kind of, um, it was kind of bullshit the entire time that I was reading it. I need to get, I need to finish it with another one because that just leaves a bad taste in my fucking mouth. This is the last troll pass that I changed my mind. This one's called The Decapitated Head. Cool, sounds good. It's uh, the other side, oh, but it's a troll pasta. Jumping in front of a train is one of the most gruesome ways of dying because the damage that is inflicted on the body is enormous. One man killed himself by this very method, flinging himself from the platform into the rail when the train was just passing by the station. His limbs were torn to pieces, and as for his decapitated head, it flew and landed on the platform. Many people were there to witness this ghastly incident, and they were watching it with sheer shock and horror when suddenly the decapitated head opened its eyes and shouted, This is not a show! Wait, really? Yeah. That happened. Okay. Okay, well that's an episode. Right? Woo-hoo! You both look drained. Yeah, dude. It's like running a mile. Yeah, a little bit. 
He's doing his own like yeah boy thing. Oh, here we go, guys. No. Gonna go for the longest yeah boy no. ever. Nope. No. 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 What did you uh, What did you think about this episode, Harold? Have your hands. Um, you know, it was an episode we all we all gave it our all. We're gonna all go home to our wives, and I'm going to Disney World. What'd you think about this episode, Terry Tickler? You know, there's some... Yeah, boy! <laughs> I, like, I like that you gave up almost immediately. Yeah. It was a good joke, though. You had it. Yeah, you deserved it. I know. Yeah. You worked for it, I guess. All right, so you're going to be Benedict Cumberbatch um, as Sherlock. I'm going to be Martin Freeman as um, Watson. And you're going to pretend like you're jumping off the roof. Uh-huh. And we're, we're on, you know what I'm talking about. You're on the roof. We're on the phone. Where's your yeah. phone? <laughs> All right. I got my phone. Whoa. Hold the phone. Hey, Sherlock. I feel like I've seen this yes. before. Yes. Is this... I'm going to jump, jump off of this roof. Don't jump. I'm going to do it. Don't jump. Sherlock! <laughs> I, I love you, Watson. Sherlock! I love you. <laughs> you nailed it. Did I, have I seen Did it you before? Do, were you in that? Yeah. It's almost like Deja Vu. Deja Vu! Shit! <laughs> so I have this new thing. I'm starting it. I started it last episode. Instead of ending it with like, thanks for listening. We're saying kill yourself. We're not saying that. We can't say all that. All right, all together. One, two, three. <laughs> kill yourself. Cool, nobody join me. I'm just going to kill myself. In turn, at least somebody's dying. <laughs> oh, thanks, and you're welcome. Yeah.